now is the era of collaboration or competition and we don't do fashion anyway but however our material because we start from the fiber level has really very really wide application not just this fiber is only suitable for making bedding or or, or towels so it's actually can make into anything a textile so start to kind of explore all those collaborations to make more impact, right? If we can replace more um, a genetic, just like uh, conventional cotton, uh, polyester, we can replace more silk. Uh, overall, just like uh, it's, it's really be- better for the environment and for the consumer too. Welcome to the Sustain Podcast, where we discuss all things that exist at the intersection of design and sustainability. Are you intimidated by the zero and zero waste, but you want to live more sustainably? Are you inspired by elevated, timeless design? Do you prioritize progress over perfection? Then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tracy, the founder of Sustain, a home-focused, sustainable marketplace on a mission to build a more circular future, imperfectly, but collectively. with Phoebe Yu, the founder and CEO of Attitude, an award-winning material science and lifestyle company with the mission to dramatically reduce the harmful environmental impact of textiles. This conversation was so inspiring to me. What I love about Phoebe and her story is that Attitude as a company has continually progressed. So to make textiles truly sustainable, you really do, and we talk about this in our conversation, but you have to go, you have to work with the mill and you have to tweak things continually over and over and over. And and uh, and I just feel like Attitude is doing such a great job at looking at how can we be more sustainable as a company at every single angle. And that is because they're so rooted in impact. They're so rooted in sustainability. So they, you know, they have a tr- their own trademarked uh, textile that's called clean bamboo. And she talks about the processing of bamboo and how it can it can be very toxic. Uh, the way that they process bamboo is is highly sustainable. And really impressed with with the entire the entire journey that she has been on to build this company. Um, you know, we also talk a little bit about what motivates her and, you know, what keeps her going, how she stays healthy as, uh, you know, a, the CEO of a growing company. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just so excited for you guys to listen to this. Attitude is a brand that we've just most recently added to our marketplace. It's one of those brands I'm really proud to have on the Sustain store. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy and are inspired by this conversation and learn a bit of, a little bit more about you know the the sustainability of textiles okay we're so excited to welcome phoebe Yu to the podcast today she is the founder of attitude they sell bamboo sheets bath towels and we actually just added them to our marketplace and we're so excited about this brand um, because they are transforming and making the bedding and bath industry so much more sustainable. So thank you so much for, for being here, Phoebe. Thank you for having me today. So so tell me a little bit about 
the inspiration behind behind attitude? Yeah, as our brand name suggested, attitude means eco attitude. So um, sustainability is is um, in our NDA. It's our north star. So everything we do, we try to be you know um, very sustainable and, and eco friendly as as much as we can. I really get um, inspired to to start attitude uh, after I moved uh, to to Melbourne, Australia uh, from uh, from Asia, from China, uh, like fifteen years ago. Um, at that time, before that, I have limited understanding or didn't aware of the climate change, global warming issues. Back then, living in Shanghai, but moved to to Melbourne, really get a re-education or just new education on, on the issue. Uh, the you know the world is facing and realize that if we keep doing or produce the uh, the product that are, are not using uh, better more sustainable material uh, it's 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 just a huge issue so well that's when the idea started brewing how can i you know contribute um as an entrepreneur in in that um, also as a, a product maker myself like I, I was before i moved to australia i was helping big international company really develop products um, in Asia, but uh, the material they're using at that time is, is not very sustainable. It's more the consumer is on the profit. Um, even though I think a lot of big brands also started moving under the pressure of uh, government regulation and consumer demand. But uh, 15 years ago, it's really there's not, not much happening there. So I decided that, okay, as, as a consumer, as an entrepreneur myself, I can do something to address that. First, uh, I, I believe there's thousands of consumers out there are looking for um, High performance, sustainable, and kind of price also on that reasonable point. Our products, uh, it's not just I want something so special. <laughs> so, so, but there's no one is providing or making that, uh, especially in the in the bad batting home sector. Uh, so, I think there's an opportunity and a white space there that uh, you know ready ready to be disrupting. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's I think it's so amazing too um, that you guys are using using mainly bamboo, but tell, tell me a little bit more about the materials and why you chose, you know, to focus around, around bamboo mainly um, versus, you know, I know there are, of course, other sustainable materials such as linen. There are some linen brands that are, are, are out there as well. But, yeah, tell me a little bit more about the sustainable materials yeah. you chose. Yeah. Yeah, our bamboo actually called clean bamboo, and then there's a reason we call it or trademark it clean bamboo. It's, it's the bamboo material as a textile on, out in the market over been 20, 30 years. But the first and second generation, they are uh, called the bamboo real or bamboo viscose or bamboo model of the world. Even the raw bamboo input, bamboo as a plant is super sustainable. Uh, the processing is not that great. Uh, so the, the rayon viscous or model process still use harmful chemicals in the processing. So that also might be costed the wastewater issue or the water might be, uh, the wastewater is not that clean. And also there's harmful chemical could be residue on the textile. It's not good for the environment or the consumer are using it. So our technology is fix the processing part of it, really using actually a food grade uh, a, a compound to dissolve the, the raw bamboo to get that cellulose, that uh, fiber out of the bamboo that can be uh, turned into uh, textile. So the, uh, and also it's a closed loop uh, processing. So the water is recycled within it. That compound is recycled within the system. So it's super cost saving and also the wastewater also um, super clean. And there's no harmful uh, chemical residue on the textile itself. We also using OEKO level two certification is even in our dye process. Um, 
it's a super also non-harmful chemical, it's baby safe level. So I think what 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 the special of our clean level is just as as the name in Chinese, it's a very clean process that uh, there's none, there's zero toxic chemical involved in the process of the bamboo yeah, and the dyeing process. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think actually a lot of a lot of consumers out there don't realize that. I think when pe- so I know I know that the phrase um, you know bamboo is is nature's weed is mm-hmm. you know yes, the, it is a weed yeah so yes. it grows really fast right and yeah. it doesn't take as much water as cotton or other yeah. other um, t- uh, materials out there but um, but I don't actually think a lot of customers know that like what exactly what you're talking about where some bamboo mm-hmm. is processed. And yeah. in a really toxic way, and so you have to, yeah. you actually do have to do the research. So I, I love that yeah. you guys have the clean bamboo, and that trademarked, and the whole process is even, I think, really transparent on your site too. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the U.S. government actually regulates the space, so any brand they cannot just, oh, this is made by bamboo material. They really have to say it, what it is. So our, which is made clean bamboo, but as it's bamboo lifestyle, so it's a lifestyle technology. But if they made by Rhea of this coast, they also have to declare. So if any brand doesn't just say made from bamboo or made from organic bamboo, that's greenwashing. Kind of call them out because the government actually against the law, at least in the U.S. Mm. Um, yeah, government has a regulation on that. So they have to declare what exactly it is. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that's good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how did you, like, do you have a science background or how did, how did you start going down this, this route of, of, you know, making this product, you know, this, as sustainable as you did mm-hmm. uh, and design forward too? Because I think the combination of, it really is a combination of science and design. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say it's rocket science. I don't have science background, but I just think in before I started to say that uh, over a decade in this industry, definitely learn a lot. Or you also learn from your manufacturer or what's going on. Um, learn from your even your buyers. Uh, what, what's what's the latest technology are, are, are available to be commercialized. So and even in Tesla, there's a lot a lot of trial and run and a lot of like more about a lot of small test and runs iterate the product so so when we get the fiber right then uh, also we have to refine the yarn technology or the weaving there's a lot of actually just working with the your meal partners to refine every step of the way so the final products is good at the beginning so that's why it took a while so i did that in australia nine years ago so it took the last nine years we still keep refining our technology because at the, uh, the beginning so Yes, it's super sustainable, but the textile is very soft, but maybe it's a bit fragile. So how do we add the strengths? How do we fine-tune the, the yarn weaving process? Um, that's that's actually a lot of practical, just try and run and run small runs again and again. And at the beginning, it's very difficult to dye very dark colors because we use the sustainable dyeing process. There's not a lot of chemical in there and not very high temperature. You, know, you, you don't want to cook the material too much destroyed material so what in a low temperature environment can put, dye very vibrant uh, dark colors it, it is a lot of you know these kind of trade secret also not too yeah yeah that's so incredible mm-hmm. that's that's honestly what for you know and we're adding uh products to the sustained store that is a big mm-hmm. a big part of what we check uh is a brand's progress and and it yeah. does you guys have really done the work in terms of like tweaking the product and and now yeah. you have 
you have this silky smooth <laughs> high quality um you know linen and or i mean uh bamboo sh- bedding mm-hmm. and and bath so can you can you describe like how would you describe the the texture and feel of of the product that you guys make because i know i yeah i just wanted to hear yeah. from you like i know it's yeah. i know it's so vegan silk so yeah. it's really feel like silk however it's kind of after first wash then it turned to like a buttery soft sometimes like some silk could be too like a bit too long um like very very slippery but after first uh, after a couple wash our like she's give you that like silky but buttery kind of feeling it's really kind of very soothing to to sleep on mm-hmm. you know every time i travel back home and get into uh, my own sheets like yeah it's calm yeah. Feel comfortable oh, <laughs> yeah. I love that. and, and, and it's breathable too. it's yeah. really good for people who sleep hard um yeah. Yeah. Like me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, so, okay. So how, so when you started Etitude, where, how did you get some of your first customers? What were some of the trial and tribulations uh, that, that you went through to grow the brand to what it is? Cause you, I mean, really Etitude is such an impressive brand. I know I've told you this before, but it's what you guys have built is one, the brand is so aesthetic. The product is such high quality and um, I just am so impressed by, you know, what, what you're Yeah, I, I think I, I start really uh, start to sell online direct to consumers. But at that time, as a new brand, as an immigrant, female founder, it's difficult to sell to the big guys, right? It's like, what is this a new product, new material, new brand? Uh, we, we were not sure about this. So I think it's it's helpful to have this, like, e-commerce model that you can try to direct yourself to consumer. And then it's a fast testing of, is there a market for this new new technology material? What's the consumer feedback? What color they like? So I think it's actually really good. So of course, that very small from my own garage. I used to feel from my own garage. Australian boys come and pick it up. Or I think at the beginning, it's so small that I have to go there to drop the parcels. And then you get big and they come and pick up. <laughs> uh, my double garage lasts for a while. And for a while, we run a small warehouse in, in Australia. And then we get big. So we had using 3PL because like to run our own warehouse, a small warehouse, definitely not efficient. And then mm-hmm. after we also grow into the U.S. market, move to, to the U.S., we also use U.S. professional like 3PL fulfillment. So Thor kind of grow from there. But like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of business always starts from the founder's garage. That's yeah, so true. It's so true. It's so <laughs> I still have a lot of samples in the garage, but yeah. I don't have stock, but I have samples. <laughs> <laughs> and so... And so when you when you started Attitude, it, you were in Melbourne still, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. so were your first customers? Were they? Were, was it? Was it mainly local? Uh, no, because it's online, so it's like or or over from Australia, but like oh, Sydney is always our number one city, and Melbourne is second. And then we also soon see a lot of others actually come from the U.S. market. You know, even like organically, well, by word of mouth, there's a lot of all these here in the U.S. Maybe they tell their family and friends in the U.S. and people start buying shipping from Australia, U.S. Until it's hit like 30% of the total revenue, even like we didn't do anything. We didn't do any ads. So the U.S. says, okay, yeah, the U.S. definitely are like a 15 times bigger market, just by population. Let's not talk about buying power, um, but just by the popular sheer population is the 15 times bigger. I think the whole California has the same population as Australia has. So definitely a, a major, um, major market. Also, also speak English, right? So that's when uh, I decided to uh, move to the US, uh, focus the growth here, just more potential. Um, that's uh, uh, early twenty eighteen. 
2018, I moved to the U.S. And, w- and when did you start the company? That was 10 years? Uh, 2014. 2014, yeah, but yeah, almost yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So, so yeah, did you guys have any, any setbacks at all? Like, was there ever a moment where you were like, I don't know if this is going to work? Yeah, there's always a constant, like, okay, I think for entrepreneurs, like they said, founders, you, you, you have three, three main things. One is like, do not run out of money. So constantly as a, <laughs> you know, especially we never raise money uh, in Australia. So it's the first couple of years or, or organic growth powered by my savings uh, or yeah, sometimes use, use your credit card. Uh, get uh, we use crowdfunding to raise some money, but they always use very creative ways to to find found to to develop new products, get new inventory, uh, expanding our marketing. So so getting to us, we start to raise first some angel rounds, getting to an accelerator, get a first check, to start to raise angel some angel rounds, then a seed round, and now a seed extension. Um, so to constantly have yeah have like capital. Uh, for the growth, yeah, definitely, definitely, it's always, always one thing, especially for female founders, immigrant founders, it's a bit difficult. The odds are low to to raise, you know, funding. So yeah, yeah. a lot of time spending on fundraising. Yeah, yeah, and it is, mm. and as a as a solo founder too, mm. it's it's very challenging as well. So uh, I I have helped. I'm a solo founder. I started company alone in Australia. Uh, came in the US. I have a US co-founder. So that definitely helped. Yeah, oh, my okay. co-founder is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and it is. I mean, still the stats for raising money for female mm. founders is only about. I mean, le- now it's less than two percent of. Yeah. Found- female founders are are backed by by venture capital. Sustain is raising a community investment round, and you're invited to participate. If you love Sustain, believe in our mission, and want to become a co-owner of our rapidly growing company, visit wefunder.com slash sustain. Investments start at just $100. Let's talk a little bit about your own sustainable journey. Like, How do you mm-hmm. kind of weave sustainability into your life outside of attitude? Um, well, yeah, I've been trained very well uh, how to recycle in Australia. <laughs> so I was like, look, when, when places they don't have their, you know, different recycle bins, I'm very, uh, that's not good. I would look at an airport uh, or even office buildings or hotels. Why, why you want to, why you don't have a recycle, separate recycle bin, right? Mm-hmm. I would worry if I throw this or I would carry those bottles out away and they pull you know, dispose it when I find it. I, I carry my water bottle and my key cup uh, when I travel. So like, I, I don't need to buy, you know, bottled water. Um, and I also have a little filter, like travel filter. That's also, so I can just filter any tap water. Cause I love tea. So sometimes when I live in hotel, I I just kind of use a kettle to cook hot water for my tea or coffee. It's just that little filter. So you also don't need to use any bottled water. So those little things. Uh, super helpful mm-hmm. yeah. and also yeah cut consumption so I, I seldom buy new clothing these days or at least if one thing is really wore out then okay that opened the quota for a new piece coming in uh, otherwise like just like I, I, I don't need any additional new things and all my bedding and bath of course is my own products that, that's helpful so I don't need to buy 
uh, a lot of those. Um, so kind of overall, kind of keep the consumption, just try to reuse or use high quality products last longer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense to me because I feel like even with Attitude, the brand, like the style is very timeless. So I can imagine mm-hmm. that your your closet is also very timeless <laughs> in terms yes, of design yes, and quality. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also living uh, through, you know, three continents, multiple cities in the last 20 years, I learned uh, when I was living back living in Shanghai, when I was not aware of about, you know, the sustainability um, movement, uh, yeah, I have a lot of clothing. But now, like I cannot, you know, because my view change, world view change, and also, you know, you're moving so many times. You mm-hmm. you like to have minimal things. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's yeah. overwhelming the move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then, in what ways have you incorporated the philosophy progress over perfection in the context of business or personal growth? Um. Yeah, we we have physical products, so we can't really or launch like MVP like the SaaS business. If you launch something, you're not a, a shame off. I think for a product, you really need to launch something you actually proud of or, or or happy to use. But still, we wouldn't sometimes too hang on small things like we constantly try to find the most sustainable packaging or, or uh, beautiful. So we use our own leftover material for the drawer to make uh, into that for packaging. So that's great, but then it's not really retail ready when we start to also uh, grow about uh, multi-channel, get into retailers to be out of shelf, that's kind of too, too, too soft. So how to find that uh, solution to be sustainable looking beauty and not cost savings. So sometimes might have to have the can't wait too long once it's all iron out. Could it have some middle ground there? Or sometimes warehousing, oh, you have to use poly bag uh, because otherwise things get dirty. So oh, we take that risk or we can try to use like uh, glassing bag steel kind of paper. Um, but it's not ideal. Sometimes my grip because it's not as strong. It's like, but if you wait for it to perfect, then you kind of either use plastic bag or you do nothing it's get dirty it's also not good if consumer gets something even it's dirty on the outside of the drawstring bag it still doesn't look great it's not good you know so so it's kind of have to thinking and balance all these things yeah in business in personal life well i'm a virgo maybe i am a little bit want to perfect but uh, um, again <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes i think because there are so many Decisions I need to make in the business. Uh, in the other day, in my personal life, I start to be laid back. Like I don't want to, you know, be too hard on little details. I uh, actually super grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. All my direct family are healthy, especially during COVID. After COVID, or uh, there's a war going on. I still, um, just kind of pretty happy, you know, in my personal life. I think a lot of stress actually only business wise. In my personal life, I feel like I have great family, friends, and they are all healthy and safe and so it's it's good yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good perspective overall mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's honestly a really good message for entrepreneurs too because it is it's like mm-hmm. you can only worry about so many things honestly yeah well, <laughs> so. like, like you can't really sweat out every single little thing it's your energy right mm-hmm. like, just let it go yeah let it go yeah, yeah. let it go <laughs> yeah and so what, with Attitude, like, where do you see, like, what does the next chapter look like for you guys? Uh, yeah, recently we have some, also some 
exciting um, movement on the business side. So as I said, more and more consumer demand in government regulation. Big brands are looking for more sustainable material uh, to to switch to. So we start to collab with some big fashion brands on that side. So collab together, I think now is the era of collaboration or competition and we don't do fashion anyway. But however, our material, because we start on the fiber level, has really, very, really wide application, not just this fiber is only suitable for making bedding or, or, or towels. So it's actually can make into anything, a textile. So start to kind of explore all those collaborations to make more impact, right? If we can replace more um, a genetic, just like uh, conventional cotton, uh, polyester, we can replace more silk, uh, overall just like, uh, it's it's really be- better for the environment and for the consumer too. So that's that's some big big uh, development uh, kind of brewing behind the scene right now. So very exciting. And on the DTC uh, side, also we we launched uh, new new products. We recently just launched our vegan cashmere. It's still like cashmere, but it's still 100% bamboo, and also you can you can you can you know hand wash it instead of dry clean like cashmere. You need to dry clean, so that's also more simple and. I think by the time this uh, podcast uh, launched, we will already launched our bamboo and hemp uh, blend textile uh, embedding, and then uh, uh, I think it's embedding first. Uh, I think that will be end of June. So, so as you before you mentioned, why we don't do linen and also still yes, and we use hemp. Hemp is actually more sustainable than linen. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, knowledge here is how you process hemp also matters. So not all hemp, again, are processed sustainably. So mm-hmm. it could be also involve a lot of, you know, water waste, uh, wastage or involve uh, chemicals in it. However, we always try to find the most, um, our suppliers to, to who use the best way to process the hemp. So so that that is sort of exciting. We have been working on that for last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, because COVID did slow things down a bit, but, uh, but it's very exciting. Our internal team who tried it, loved it. So it has the linen look, but way softer. So mm-hmm. it also has some linen feeling, but you know, linen sometimes can still be harsh or after many washes, then it's kind of settling. But I, 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 our bamboo and the, the hemp blend out of the gate is pretty soft, but does have that, you know, laid back uh, linen look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait yeah. for that. That's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's so. I think the, and I know we, we touched on this a little bit, but I, I think it is important because this is something else that I found that a lot of consumers just don't realize is that, so so bamboo and hemp are, are much more sustainable than, uh, than conventional cotton, especially, than all cotton, really, right? Because cotton, no matter what, is going to use so much more water. And, and then on top of that, uh, with conventional cotton, it's the dirtiest crop that yeah. exists. It's like the most yeah. pesticide-heavy crop that yeah. that exists. And I think a lot of people don't know that. And so it's just, yeah. you're so used to like, oh, everything's cotton. The, every t-shirt, yeah. you know, every... Um, um, most, you know, prior to some of some brands like yours emerging, mm. it was mostly cotton sheets. You just be like, okay, that's you know, that's the that's what it is, and it sounds natural, and it sounds like mm-hmm. you know, but it, it really is. I mean, especially conventional cotton is not good for the earth. Yes, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, I think cotton used to be oh, the 
fabric of our days. Well, that's in the 50s, so they're not. <laughs> so that's why we call it, we are the yeah. fabric of the future. Yeah, I mean, we go into Mars, then we still having cotton is a 3,000 year old kind of technology, if you think of it. So mm-hmm. it's time for new things coming. I think the really exciting, exciting things in the whole textile space uh, is that, yeah, more and more go to uh, circular or use um, new, new feedstock. Like, of course, there's bamboo, the, the, the hemp, or a lot of it is agricultural waste uh, that you can turn agricultural waste into fiber. Um, so that's also super exciting. So anything like how to turn waste into the new feedstock for products, I think, I think that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about like your top tips for staying motivated and and even taking care of yourself because I know that's just generally hard to yeah. do as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the tips of uh, take is take take good care is have enough sleep. Uh, do not think you you overwork. I I don't I don't know how you must did it, but uh, if you you sleep you know only four hours, uh, that that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're not productive. Like people, I think science is there. Like if you don't have enough sleep, basically your brain like you're drunk. Mm-hmm. So you can't really make good decisions. Decisions. I think it's it's really now you even AI help. I think human more should like stay on the creative or make make critical good decisions. There's a lot of things you can let, you know, um, technology software to take care of, but uh, make good decisions is the most um, important for entrepreneurs. So if you don't have good sleep, the rest of you, your, your, your judgment might be impaired. Mm-hmm. Your brain literally like always are drunk. Uh, so that's number one. Um, I always use my aura ring to crack my sleep uh, and exercise. So yeah, exercise definitely. And eat clean. I mean, you don't have to be like vegan or vegetarian, but just eat really bit clean, you know, less sugar, uh, more fiber. Um, yeah, I think that three things kind of keep me, keep me like in a good health that I can take on a lot of work. Mm-hmm. As far as self-motivate, I, yes, I wouldn't say I'm always like every day is pumped. There's always like natural, like as your mood swings, but I think stay healthy definitely help. Your mood is always. Or sometimes yeah, after uh, uh, some exercise, the, when the when the uh, good chemical, uh, feel good chemicals kicking in, you feel more pumped. But another thing is, I think so. That's why I think have a co-founder that's been helped, and also have uh, a strong family, friend support system. That sometimes I can vent to them, like if there's difficulty again, you know, or especially like my husband, um, <laughs> that you have that supporting, you know, spouse that definitely helps that you, you can chat through things or, or, or difficulties. Um, otherwise, then also the good reviews from our, our, our customers. Every week we share that in all hands. I think that's motivation, the biggest motivation for the whole team that we're doing something people really love so much. And some reviews are very, um, Moving, I think there are like our products help. I think there are consumer writing in that their uh, her daughter has um, kind of sensory overwhelm because of autism, and then mm. our fabric just so soothing, comfortable. It's like really helping. So that's very moving that our products does does help people um, in in all sorts of different ways. So mm-hmm. so that that helps motivation too. That uh, yeah. Yeah, that is, and that goes back to sleep. 
the, the pillar of yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, yeah, knowing that we're doing things to helping people and then that, that, that's my motivation, yeah. That's beautiful. Okay, and so what are some of the effective ways that you've overcome self-doubt? Because we talked a little bit about just being a f- female entrepreneur. I mean, I just feel like your journey from being an immigrant, being a female entrepreneur, mm-hmm. building this thing from nothing. I mean, yeah. it is a big uphill climb. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think even what we were talking about with venture capital, it's, it's a, you know, you're often pitching to men. It is, you know, you know, been called the, the boys club and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so how, how have you really overcome self doubt and, and persevered through that? I think practice helps at the beginning, yes, like getting rejection isn't that great. But after, and then our strategy turns that, but that really also thanks my US co-founder. She has raised money before. She said, yeah, just, just like a sales process, a numbers game. The more people talk, the more high odds. If someone said, no, it's not a fit, move on, next one. Don't sometimes don't even overthinking on it or you know, just feel bad about it. Another thing is like we will ask, if we get a no, then we will ask this person, or oh, do you know anyone who's more suitable for us we can talk to or other partnership uh, people or a talent you can. So we kind of get a no, you instantly have some ask and they kind of feel bad at that moment and they usually will, you know, make some intro because the other things helpful. So actually you're turning no into five possible other potential helpful introduction to, uh, you know, anything so that that's good so it's like no it's not a no it's no just um, a no could be not now or yeah it's a no but uh you might can also still help me Mm -hmm. so yeah i love that a no is yeah is not a no it's it's a not not now (laughs) yeah not now or yeah yeah, not no for giving you money but uh, they are still open to help us other ways Mm -hmm. maybe they like what to do but this is the theme doesn't fit right Mm -hmm. you know so, and also sometimes I, let's think about that 2%. I think, well, um, if you always think that the odds are against us, that we can't do anything, then it's also like kind of just frozen you, you know? So yes, that's the odds, but there are obviously there's still some people, you know, some female founders raise money and be very successful. So how can we be one of them? And adding on to the better odds instead of, ah, oh, yes, odds is better. I'm never going to raise money. I think in that mindset would help, right? So how can I be adding on to that number, make it 3% or 5% one day? Mm-hmm. Um, you just think the other way, yeah. Yeah, that's such a good mindset to, to go in with. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I cannot change. I'm an immigrant, I'm a thief. I cannot change that, mm-hmm. right? If, you know, so if you just think of, because of that, I will never raise money, then, well, don't go out raise money, then that's it. But that's something I cannot change. <laughs> so I focus on things I can change, like, okay, make my business more attractive so they cannot say no right and then they, they want to make money so just just like way better than um other um companies run by men then they they still they want to make a good investment mm-hmm. actually i think 50 percent of investors are men uh, i think our yeah i think they're allies so mm-hmm. it's also yeah the, 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 it, it really i think or hopefully this thing can change soon but as i get it the boys club is is for real but i think talk to the supportive uh, VCs, VCs, I, I think there's a lot of them out there too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think that's just, I think that's a really good 
ap- approach for mm-hmm. for other entrepreneurs is just that you just can't I mean no matter what the odds are in anything it doesn't even have to be VC yeah. it could be in, you know just to go in it with a yeah. mindset of you know we're gonna yeah. we're doing something different here and unique and yeah. and it yeah. doesn't matter what the odds are so yeah that's beautiful okay I have a few more questions about yeah. your your so your favorite sustainable brands and yeah what are so so obviously attitude like I'm assuming you you, you sleep on attitude bedding and use all the towels yeah. and all the, so what are yeah. so what are some other brands that I mean that's so cool to hear that you guys are doing fashion stuff too soon but the but what are some other brands that that come to mind that you that you admire because I I think I mean what I'm curious about as a consumer is that to me what you're describing with the process of what you guys do with attitude it is like you know what questions to ask at the mill Mm -hmm. you know you know how to work with people to get this to be a more sustainable process which is the hardest part I mean and and getting it to feel good and be quality uh so so are are there any other sustainable brands not even necessarily in your category that you admire and in what they're doing Oh, I always admire Patagonia. I think I use a lot of products. Definitely a, a true fan because I also do a lot of outdoors. So I have their ski jacket, ski pants, and um, stuff. I think they also have high quality stuff. Like I had their ski jacket for ten years, still still working fine. And mm-hmm. they also will fix their product if it's like break down. So that's ultimately very sustainable and also I think they're a good example of you can run a successful financially successful com- company be super sustainable and people working there are happy so that's that's very rare so it's definitely you know a, a role model if I go that way um, and also I think he donate all his shares to you know to um, charities um, mm-hmm. so that's my number one um, also, uh, like Tesla a lot, I think he are using new technology and he's not holding that to, so he opened his battery technology to all car makers, so, so really change for all the cars switch to, um, from petrol based to electronic based, right? So he's not like, okay, I have this, I'm going to make a lot of money, only we can use it, he's not doing that. So I think that's in a way why we open our technology work with the other brand, because we can't possible to make all the textile in the world and there's also other and we also open to yeah like using blend to blend with other um sustainable material or, or recycled material uh there's a lot of can play in collaboration so that's why we also start to collaborate more with uh, even other brand as long as we you know aligned on that uh, we want to be or utilize more sustainable so consumer more aware um of this space um yeah, that that's the two brands yeah. I like. Yeah, I love I love that uh, what you just described because I think that I think no matter what, when you're building a company, it is mm. it is like of course there's you know competitors and mm. you know you've you've built something really unique. But I I think the the majority of the the sustainable like these conscious brands like yours. Mm that are coming up are really I mean they really are in it to make it make an impact and. Yeah. And when it comes back to that, when you're rooted in impact, then you're much mm-hmm. more open to sharing things like, yeah. you know, the Tesla road roadmap of the battery and how how it's created. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, are there any uh, favorite books or documentaries from e- from anything from a either design perspective, a sustainability perspective, 
or I like the Kissing the Ground that documentary. It's really cool. So it's learning about. So also learning like in sixty years we won't have a harvest because we're moving the soil, right?、Mm-hmm. So or about the the regenerative、um, movement. I think the next next about sustainability. Now, so sustainable is just do not do more damage, but I think go beyond sustainable is regenerative. Like let's start. You know, heal it,、uh, or、mm-hmm. go back to the older days that we have very healthy soil, very healthy plants, and、uh, so I like that. And, and there's a lot of、uh, um, knowledge in there, and so yeah, it's a, it's a nice documentary. And I also like that book,、uh, "Let Me Let Me People Go Surfing."、Mm-hmm. Uh, from Pangonia founder, so yeah, I, I often yeah tell other people about these two things. Yeah. Okay. That one、mm-hmm. I actually haven't seen. Kissing the ground. I'm excited to. Yeah, excited it's to nice. Watch that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, is there anything else that you would love to share about about the Attitude brand, about your personal journey,、um, anything, anything at all that we missed?、Uh, no, I would say、uh, yeah. I, I said, but I just think maybe sometimes consumers say, "Oh, if we are all doomed,、uh, it's, it's too late." To but I think. Maybe not. I'm always positive. I always think, like as a species, human are pretty smart and resilient. And sometimes we're stupid, but overall, <laughs> I think overall, if not as stupid, at least unless there's something for overall the history, still we are like moving forward、um, in all aspects, techn- technology or society. I mean, use even hundred years ago, we had like you know world wars, people killing each other. At least that's we consider. Most people think war is bad, right? Do not go there. So I think overall the whole human humanity, hopefully, yeah, we'll figure it out together. So always kind of little things do do does make a, a impact, even you don't feel like it, but it does.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's like、mm-hmm. just having hope and and that there, you know, we have the ability、yeah. to actually make an impact and change things and turn things around. Yeah, and I I think that that I mean I think you and I both are with sustain and with attitude. It's、mm. that's. You know, I think there's a lot of power in doing that through entrepreneurship too. Yeah, for consumers, even those little things, but that sends a signal, right? That sends a signal to、uh, to to the market. Okay, make more of this more sustainable.、Right? That sends a signal to the lawmakers, right? That's、mm-hmm. what people want. So every little signals aggregate aggregate together, you know, is sending big signals, and、yeah. things will change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Phoebe. Thank you for joining us today. This was so cool to hear your story, and and really, I am just so impressed with the brand that you built. And I feel I feel so lucky that we're able to, you know, that we're able to add the brand to Sustain's marketplace because I just really I you guys are doing it. You're doing it right. You're doing the hard work that it takes to to make a brand truly sustainable.、Um, And in every, it's always in every a journey.、Way. I would say, yeah, it's always a journey. We'll keep learning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Phoebe. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sustain Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any suggestions for future topics, please reach out to us through our website or Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you enjoyed what you heard. Your support means the world. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to creating a more circular future together, imperfectly but collectively.